An explosion and house fire leave three people injured in the Pinpoint community and questions about Chatham County's 911 response. Jury selection continues in the trial for the three men accused of killing Ahmaud Arbery, and Savannah's hockey team has its name. We've got those stories and more in this episode of WTOC's Weekly Wrap, a recap of the week's biggest stories from around the coastal empire and low country. I'm digital anchor Jake Wallace. We heard the, a big boom, like it shook, kind of shook our house. It was so, so we came outside to see was it a, um, a tree. The house was on flames. Like I ain't never seen flames on a house so high before. Like this is my first time ever seeing like a fire like that. That's how neighbors described what happened the morning of Monday, October 25th in the pinpoint community of Chatham County. Three people, a 45-year-old, a 14-year-old, and a four-month-old were seriously injured and taken to the Augusta burn unit after a house explosion and fire. Here's what Chatham EMS found, according to Chief Chuck Kearns. We got on scene, we found the house completely involved. It, it appears there was some type of an explosion. As you look around the ground here, you'll see window frames and glass blown into the street. The cars that were in the driveway are melted and damaged. Neighbors tell WTOC the explosion happened before 6 a.m. Monday, but firefighters didn't arrive on scene until a little before 7.30 a.m. Family and others in the neighborhood said they had issues getting through to 911. Officials say an internal investigation is underway at Chatham County's 911 call center. Here's Tyler Mannion's report from The News on Tuesday. All I know is I called 911, I didn't get no response. Two times, I called them two times. Family members and neighbors told me their early morning 911 calls to report the home explosion and fire didn't get a response. The county operates the emergency call center and told us from 6.59 to 7.14 a.m. yesterday, they received 60 calls about three different incidents, two highway crashes and this house. They say that high number of calls can cause issues. If we've not picked up, which is possible, um, if we're in one of those peak times, we may not. Those calls weren't just from people who live in the pinpoint community. I talked to a man who was driving by and saw smoke. He says his 911 call also wasn't picked up. Uh, as soon as I saw it, I called 911, um, stayed on the line just with constant ringing for five, five or so minutes plus. And then, you know, the callback number came through. It was just an automated response to which if it's emergency, press one. I pressed one. It rang for two or three more minutes. And at that point, you know. I just hung up. The county manager says the call center currently has 14 job openings, and that number is actually an improvement from the 20 openings they had in August. Monday morning, community members claimed to have been calling before 6 a.m., but say they didn't get a response until 7. The county manager claims calls came in around 7, and the entire time period is now being reviewed. We have a QA program, quality assurance. They're going through those and, uh, you know, making sure, first of all, that our people did the job they were supposed to do. Um, but it appears it was just before 7 and then multiple after 7. Despite that internal investigation, Smith says he thinks the 911 center crew did well. I do feel like all emergency services and telecommunicators did what they were supposed to do in a pretty timely manner. WTOC has also independently requested the 911 call center logs, but has yet to receive them. Chatham EMS Chief Chuck Kearns maintains his team did not receive a call from dispatch until 7.08 a.m. and says he can't comment on calls received or not received at the 911 call center. You can read Chief Kearns' full statement on this story at WTOC.com. You'll find the link in the description of this podcast episode. Jury selection continues for the second week in the trial of the three men charged in the death of Ahmaud Arbery. 
On Tuesday, Judge Timothy Walmsley denied a motion from one of the defense attorneys to ban demonstrations outside the Glen County Courthouse. On Wednesday, defense attorneys said the slow pace of picking this jury is a concern. The court summoned 1,000 Glen County residents for jury duty for the trial. The goal is to whittle that pool down to 64 potential jurors. Once those 64 are qualified, the process of pairing that number down to the final panel of 12 jurors and four alternates will begin. WTOC Sean Evans has been at the Glen County Courthouse every day of jury selection. Here's his report from Thursday, October 28th. Even while jury selection continues today, lawyers are still debating on how to interview potential jurors inside the courtroom. Now, inside the courtroom today, there was some discussion brought up by the defense regarding what they call the disparity in resources. William Bryan's attorney told the court the prosecution has more resources to dig into the social media backgrounds for potential jurors and find potential red flags about their feelings on the case. That led the prosecutor, the lead prosecutor rather, countered by saying the information they have is public and the defense could find everything the prosecutors have on their own. Now, Brian's attorney also said he's worried about how honestly potential jurors have been filling out their answers to written questions. An attorney for Travis McMichael suggested a solution. So we would ask the court to allow us perhaps some general questioning to follow up with has any information changed that you have, you know, on the, on the information submitted because we do want their statements to us here to be sworn and under oath. You can follow all the happenings of the Arbery murder trial on WTOC.com and the WTOC app. I said, oh man, finally, you know, I was just say, hallelujah, it's gone. You know, maybe things will perk up now, you know, and the fishing might pick up a little bit. That's how one fisherman in Glen County responded to the news. The final section of the Golden Ray has been removed from the St. Simon's Sound. The South Korean carrier capsized after leaving the Port of Brunswick in September 2019. More than 20 people on the ship had to be rescued. The removal process began in November of last year, and the eighth and final piece was pulled out of the water on Monday, October 25th. Here's U.S. Coast Guard Chief Warrant Officer Rick Boehner, followed by Deputy Incident Commander for the Coast Guard, Donald Raby. This was a unique experience and being the most historic wreck removal in U.S. history. I've worked on some smaller wrecks and I've worked on some subsea oil removal, but just the, the capacity, the amount of engineering that went into this to do it safely and, to, and do it in an expeditious manner uh, was, was like nothing I've ever seen before. So. We're still not done. They still have to, like they said, uh, remove the EPB, the cars and the debris from the inside. And teams will be walking the beaches for months to ensure that the beaches are clean here. So it's a, it's a big project. The final piece of the Golden Ray will be chopped down even more and transported to Louisiana by barge, where it and the cars that were inside the ship will be used for scrap metal and recycled. Savannah's hockey team has its name. The team made it official on Wednesday, October 27th. The Savannah Ghost Pirates will drop the puck in 2022. The ECHL team announced the name in front of season ticket holders at an event in downtown Savannah on Wednesday. The team says there were more than 3,000 entries to its name the team contest, most associated with ghosts or pirates. Here's what team president Bob Arablo told WTOC's Tim Guidera on morning break Thursday about picking the name. You know, we wanted something that that uh, played into the folklore and the history right. of Savannah. And I think we combined two of those elements with, with the name. And when we sat in, a, in our conference room and, and, and went through the top you know, 10 or 15 names, Ghost Pirates kept coming back. And, and um, you know, we ran it past uh, somebody who can be a harsh critic at times, and that's uh, Mayor Johnson. And I was having lunch with him, and I said, what do you think of uh, Ghost Pirates? And he, he paused for a second, and then he said, I love it. 
The Ghost Pirates will begin play in the ECHL in the 2022-23 season. To learn more about the team, check out the Ghost Pirates tab on WTOC.com. You'll find that link in the description of this podcast episode. You can get the latest news, weather, and sports every night on The News and all the time at WTOC.com and on the WTOC app. Thanks for listening, everyone. Have a great weekend.